0: P-S-A-N-Y.
1: Hello everybody and welcome into the Nick State of Mind Podcast. Mac is still here with Danny Small. No Chip Murphy today. Um, but you know, good day to kind of jump into a podcast for the Knicks because man, what a difference a week made, right? You know, last week we were talking about a big win. Uh, team was five and three through the first eight games, everything was going well for you know a stretch of two or three games, and it was just a lot of fun. Well, we jump into this week, and it starts with that lacklustre effort against OKC where they lose that, and then it snowballs to three straight losses. Uh, Brooklyn last night was the, the the fourth straight loss. So obviously when you look at what's going on right now, you see the negativity back in some fans' eyes and perspective going, oh, okay, here is that Nick team that I expected to see. We're not any good, blah, blah, blah. It was just a flu. And that could be the case. But is it time to panic right now from this recent slide? And that's where I'll start off with, and I'll start with your thoughts, Danny, with the Knicks struggling the last four games or so, is this a time for Nick fans to start panicking and, and lose some hope here? Or is it time for everybody to kind of take a deep breath and look at from a perspective of we're five and seven right now? I mean, I'll be honest, Danny, I thought we would be two and 10 at this point to start the season. There's no panic on my part. What are your thoughts on it? Should fans be a little bit worried about what's going on in, in the recent four games?
0: No, I, you know, I wouldn't be too worried. Um, You know, I think anyone, anyone who listens to us pretty consistently knows I'm more or less even keeled and I don't get too high or too low on the Knicks um, or at least I try not to. It's easier said than done. But I think this time around kind of like you, you said in the beginning, 12 through 12 games, five and seven, I think prior to the season starting, most Knicks fans would sign up for five and seven after, you know, let's be honest, they played some pretty tough teams so far. Uh, I mean, they've gotten wins against the Jazz, the the Bucks. You know, I'm going back a week now. Um, but I, I don't I don't think it's time. I don't think it's time to panic quite yet. Uh, the three straight games under 90 points. That was a little concerning. But we knew coming into the season that the Knicks were not, you know, just stacked and stacked with talent. So we mm-hmm. knew some of was going to be some rough, rough going here and there. Um, and I, I said before the season, I think uh, you and Chip probably were right there with me that this next team would win a couple more games than we were expecting, you know, in those the, the mid twenties, just because of the Tibbs effect. Um, and you know, kind of Thibodeau just being like such a good coach, he'd steal them a few wins there. I think we saw that in that little, uh, that little, you know, four and five stretch. I think we saw, you know, Thibodeau was really working. Um, Randall was playing well, Barrett, there was a lot of guys like stepping up, um, you know, and they were due for kind of like a, a a swing back a little bit and kind of uh, a, a little rough patch. Obviously, you wish they played a little bit better in those last four games. You know, in the last week since we recorded, but I don't think this is anything to to really like push the panic button on. Um, obviously, there's some things they can do, some lineup changes, some different things that we we can get into. But right now, I, I I'm not pushing the panic button, and I don't I don't think any Knicks fan should be right now.
1: Yeah. You know, and and from what I've seen the last four games and and another thing, you know, um, and I've had people this week actually, you know, know that I I do sport radio, stuff like that. Everybody knows around here that knows I, I talk about my teams that I like and support and all that. And I'm actually a student again. And I got a couple of kids that I actually used to interview when they were playing, you know, high school football from one of the local teams and and they were asking me about the Knicks this week, and go, man, are you panicking? You man, things are going south on them, and I'm like, no, not at all, because like I said, the first 12 games, if you asked me, I thought we'd be two and 10 around this point. So the fact that we already have five wins, I mean, already has exceeded my expectations from where we're at. Is it frustrating? Yeah, the last four games have been very frustrating. Um, The OKC loss was kind of like, wow, like we're we're really getting outplayed. Mm -hmm. And it's not that like Shea Alexander is not a good player or anything like that, but it is a little frustrating when you get outplayed by the Thunder. It's a team that you probably could beat, you know. It's Mm -hmm. not like the Knicks are a thousand Mm -hmm. times better. You know, we are playing better going into the game, right? So I think that's why you look at it and go, man, this is really a lackluster effort, and you're a little frustrated. Then you turn around you lose to Denver um we're going to lose to Denver folks like more often Canada, than not. T- like, yeah. It, 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 yeah we're it, we're not if you're really thinking we're going to walk in and beat Denver you're mistaken they're just a thousand times better than us you know it, it, it's possible obviously but then I think we were going to win that game going into it and you know we'll, and we're going to talk a little bit about this Brooklyn game from last night but you know it, I know people go, well, they only had nine players. Well, yeah, they had nine players, but they still have Kevin freaking Durant. That's, I, mean, I was, I was uh, just
0: about to say that. They, uh, they had nine players, but one of those players was Kevin Durant, which, yeah. you know, I think I I, I got to give some credit because he's playing – he's still playing really well. Despite right. Me. Julius Randle. I'll give yeah. him some credit because he's still playing really well. Yes. But You just saw – you saw, like, I think a lot of Knicks fans are, you know, already like – Julius is all-star, all-NBA level, you know, and and it's okay to get caught up in that because he's playing really well. Um, I think we saw last night, um, or when this pod comes out two nights ago, whatever it is, but we saw Randle, who is a really good player right now. He's playing some of the best basketball of his career. We saw him do a really, really good job of kind of willing the Knicks back into it, playing well all game, keeping them in it. But then on the other side, we saw Kevin Durant, who was just effortlessly scoring, Um, You know, just, like, you see him out there. He's so smooth. He just, it's almost like he was going at, like, 75%. It looked Mm -hmm. like, you know, not going, like, crazy. And when you see Randall, Randall's 150% the whole time, which is a good thing. I'm not, like, not saying trying trying hard is a bad thing. But it just looked like Durant was just, like, just cruising out there, you know, just on, on cruise control. And a night where Kyrie is on sabbatical, so they don't have him. And they just acquired James Harden, so they don't have um, a bunch of rotation players who were shipped out. They needed Kevin Durant to kind of just say, like, all right, I'm the man, I'm the guy here, you know, I'm just going to will yeah. us to win. And in 30 minutes, he did that with just I, uh, effortlessly. It, right. it, it was, it's, that's, that's the difference right there too, between like a top five incredible MVP candidate type player and Julius Randle. And that's mm-hmm. not, I don't mean to, I don't mean that as a knock on Julius Randle at all because there aren't many Kevin Durant's in the league right now, let alone all time, you know.
1: Right. It's- and, and and that's the thing. If if this game was played yesterday and Kevin Durant's out, right, they don't want to play him back-to-back and we lose that game, different story. I'm yeah. going to say how the hell did we lose mm-hmm. to this Brooklyn team with eight players and Kevin Durant doesn't play. But that's the, if you think losing to Brooklyn because they have not – and that's the narrative that some people were saying, wow, this team was shorthanded. You, they are the second best player in the world playing for them last night. It, it's not, it, it's not the end of the world that we lost that game. Now, did we have a better chance of beating them with some of their guys missing and out? Yes, but it still wasn't a game that I went into and went, yep, they have nine guys and Kevin Durant. We should beat them. That, mm-hmm. Not one time that I think that, you know, now what I look for the, this game is effort is the effort there. Are they competing? And throughout this losing streak, at times, I have questioned the effort. They look a little lethargic. But at the same time, the the problem is so obvious. And, and, you know, offensively, as you pointed out, Danny, they are really starting to struggle scoring the basketball. It's literally when Randall leaves the floor. We don't have an option. We have nobody Mm -hmm. that can take over. And R.J. Barrett is very erratic which fans need to calm down with that. It, you, if you did not know that R.J. Barrett's going to have a 4-for-20 shooting night and then the next game, 8-12, that is R.J. Barrett right now. That That's the way it is. And it sucks and it can be frustrating, but we got to develop him in, and he's got to continue to work and develop into that guy that can be a consistent threat. Right now, he's not going to be. We're going to have some great games from him. We're going to have some games where he's struggling. He had a great second half last night we need it for 48 minutes sometimes it's not going to be the case now it is so obvious that the problem is this we have a lot of injuries right now we're missing a lot of guys in our rotation and we're not a team that's filled with depth we don't have the next man up we, we just don't we can't survive these injuries now can we get through it a game or two yeah that's kind of what happened in the back end of that that winning streak that we had right yeah. guys were hitting mm-hmm. timely shots guys were stepping up if you thought that was going to be sustainable ew, that was highly I can, questionable
0: i can i can give fans a little bit of a break for thinking it was sustainable for a moment because it's like early season when there's not a big sample size it's like oh, it's like for a second there you know all of nicks twitter Um, was like, oh shit, they're five and three. Like, you know, you saw like the screenshots next to the next to the Nets record, all that stuff. Like, I can understand why people get a little carried away, but I think you're right. It just, deep down, I think most people understood that it wasn't something sustainable. It wasn't something that, you know, the Knicks are going to keep this stretch on. Um, And I guess just kind of going back to your, uh, your Barrett point for a second, I think. And I, I might end up writing something on this in the next few days. We'll see, but uh I think what I would do if I was Tom Thibodeau right now is to try and add some shooting around Barrett and Randall. Because right now it's Barrett, Randall, Peyton, Robinson, and then I guess Rivers slash Bullock, but Rivers for the time being. You have four guys who can't shoot. So everyone's just sagging off and they're getting open looks, but it's – They're wide open. They're just not converting. They're triple
1: teaming Randall at times. They're daring these other guys Mm -hmm. to shoot. And, I mean, these are warm-up jump shots. Guys can literally go take a crap in the bathroom, come back out, and still get that shot off. That's how much time they have. Mm -hmm. They just can't hit the shot. They can't hit it.
0: So so what I would do, because right now they're getting a lot of open looks for Barrett, Randall, and Peyton from three, which are Mm -hmm. not exactly shots that the Knicks should be seeking out. What I would do is keep Rivers in the lineup, I'd put Knox in for Alfred Payton. So then you shift Rivers and Barrett into kind of like a dual ball handling kind of scenario where, you know, I guess technically Rivers would be the point guard, but you're putting the ball in Barrett's hands a little bit more than it is right now. And that way you have Rivers and Knox who are both decent shooters. Um, Knox is, I mean, we haven't really touched on him at all, but Knox is shooting the lights out right now. Um, He's been I mean, I guess you could say Mitchell Robinson, too, because Mitchell Robinson, Randall and Knox are like the bright spots through this this losing streak right now. But you have Knox, who's knocking on that corner three. You have Rivers, who's a threat behind the arc that, you know, maybe opens up some things for for Barrett, because right now they're going to have to cover those two guys on the outside. You have to account for Mitch's role, gravity and him just being at the rim. And teams are definitely accounting for Julius Randle and sending doubles and, you know, really making him the focal point of the game plan. I think if you have those four guys around Barrett, even though it's not like a ton of shooting, I think that opens up a lot for him.
1: Yeah. And just at some point, though, I mean, it's you see it last night. There were times that the Brooklyn, they weren't even closing out. They were go ahead. Shoot it. You can't make it. And, you you know, you're watching Peyton's shot, and it's just – it's a line drive. That's all it There's not much arc to it. You know, Barrett seems to be more comfortable with his mid-range than the three-pointer. And maybe, maybe you know, if he has that wide-open look, yeah, you want him to take a few, right? You don't want him to get three-point happy. But if the three-ball ain't dropping and you're that open, take a couple of dribbles and pull up. If that's what you're more comfortable doing, because – if the ball's being skipped across to you, you're wide open for a three-pointer and there's nobody coming out to you and you're better at the mid-range shot and more comfortable with it, guess what? If you take those dribbles and pull up and hit those shots, eventually they're going to have to stop double-teaming on Randor or something mm-hmm. because you're going to kill them that way. So I think, and given Barrett some credit here, I noticed that a little bit more, especially in that fourth quarter and that second half. He kept not settling for the three, taking a dribble, Pulling up around the elbow and he was able to hit that shot a little bit more consistent. And that allows the kind of things to kind of open up as well. So, you know, touching off of your point, I've loved the way Knox has been out there playing. Um, you know, Peyton is somebody that is very frustrating at times, obviously. Um, you know, there is Twitter, everywhere you look, big fans are screaming for quickly to maybe get a starting nod. And at this point. And this is what I want to ask you, Danny, to see what you think of this. Should Thibodeau go to quickly and give him a start at this point? And I wouldn't say that I'm opposed to it. You know, Peyton, to me, for any Jet fans here that would maybe understand this reference, Alfred Peyton, to me, is kind of like the Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Like, he's not the worst player in the world, but he's not going to be your franchise guy. And there's stretches that he can play well. Cause guess what? We've seen that this year, right? There was mm-hmm. during that winning streak, he was playing well. And when we beat whoever the hell it was, I think on our first win, when he had like 28, 29 points or something like that, he is capable of having performances like that in short bursts. They're not going to be sustainable. That's why I, I say, he's like the Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a serviceable mm-hmm. guy but she's also going to have those awful games like Ryan Fitzpatrick will have four interceptions in a game. It's not the guy you want to go long-term. It's not somebody I'm calling for to throw out of the rotation completely. I don't I don't think that benefits it at all, but I can at least see maybe giving quickly some starting opportunities here. Would you agree with that? Do you think Thibodeau should go too quickly and give him some starts?
0: I, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but also my like my my ass isn't on the line like Tom Thibodeau's is. I don't think he's gonna trust a rookie point guard who, you know, played really well against the Nets, put up I think 19 or 20, you know, whatever it was. Looked good. I mean, we know he's got a good shot, even if the percentages aren't perfect yet. But um I liked I like quickly, but I just I don't think he's gonna be in the starting lineup. Just because, you know, he'll have a good game, but then he'll also have two clunkers in a row because he's a rookie. Really. You know, he's a rookie. He's not yeah. he wasn't a lottery pick. You know, he's. there's going to be some growing pains. Um, but that's why I kind of I suggested Knox, which is kind of, you know, Knox and Rivers instead of, um, you know, instead of having Quickly or Payton, because then. You can bring Peyton off the bench as a second unit point guard. I think that's a good role for him. I know a lot of Knicks fans are fed up with him, but Peyton as like a second unit uh, floor general, I think he's okay. He's fine in that role. Um, and then quickly, you can stagger quickly's minutes so he can maybe come in and play a little point guard with the first unit a little bit. Maybe he's your your first guard off the bench for Rivers or Barrett. He he goes on ball. Then when Peyton comes in a little bit later quickly can play off ball. Cause we know they like him in kind of both those spots. So I think keeping quickly on the bench gives you a little more flexibility with him because if you're starting quickly, you're starting him as a point guard and then he's kind of locked into that role um, for most of the game, I guess, or, you know, for, for big minutes to, you know, based on how Tibbs does his uh, rotations, which I know rivers is not necessarily like a pure point guard, RJ Barrett isn't is a pure point guard. He's more of a wing guard type ball handler. Um, but I like those two guys as your main ball handlers. Plus Julius Randle, he he handles it a lot too. So yeah. it's not like you need a ball dominant point guard out there. Um, I think their best bet is Rivers Rivers Barrett backcourt um, to start at least, in my opinion.
1: You know, and I think right now again uh, is another thing that you got to focus on here as well is that we are missing guys you know we're missing some guys that are capable of hitting Mm -hmm. those wide open shots it's not always going to be the rotation that we have out right now you know we're we're hurting for burks who knows when he's going to be back last i heard he was in a boot and it's going to be seven to ten days before they reevaluate him it could be a couple more weeks before we see him back out there Uh, he was
0: upgraded to i think he's questionable burks okay for, for tomorrow's game and he's been
1: doubtful for a while So frank, I still yeah i don't think he's so he's, it's
0: an upgrade i yeah i mean this is just this is no like not reporting or anything like that. has gut gut reaction but my guess is we will not see him right in the game uh what's it tomorrow night at cleveland but my guess is he's kind of on the he's on the road back um frank is out bullock will probably be uh Probably be back sometime soon, hopefully. Um, and now that I'm thinking about it, I just want to double check. Uh, I said, what did I say? Burks was question – Questionable. Question. I yeah. believe he might be doubtful.
1: Yeah, which is the status that he's been at. And the last, like I said – Okay, yeah, one, yeah. yeah. So before. that's
0: an upgrade because he's been out the last couple right. of games. So doubtful technically is an upgrade. But, yeah, I, I think we still – it'll be a few, few games before we see him.
1: Yeah, and it's clearly a difference in the defense that you see the last couple of the games because not having shooters on the floor. Everybody's in, mm-hmm. everybody knows that. Everybody knows the only guy that's going to hurt him right now is Randall, and they're getting the ball out of his hands. And the only way this team is going to get out of the funk and, and and stop the bleeding a little bit is if they start hitting the the open shot. You know, Peyton's going to have to start hitting the open shot, and it's not his forte, obviously. Mm-hmm you know, and Barrett's going to have to at least hit that mid range. Somebody's going to have to step up and start hitting some shots to get the defense out of that. If you can stop the double team of Randall, then Randall's going to be able to feast a little bit more here, mm-hmm. but it, it, you know, it it's not going to change. We'll see the same thing until somebody else starts hitting a damn shot. I think
0: That's Burks, Burks will help a lot. Cause he's a, right. he's a legit, he can knock down an open look. Um, I think he'll help. And then, you know, Frank five for nine to start the year from three. So, yeah, he was kind of, he was kind of in a groove there before he went down. So.
1: And that's the hope
0: that you hope that they come back and kind of provide a little bit of the lift. I don't know if it's going to be tough for Frank to get, you know, a real, you know, in back in the rotation right now for so long. I don't think it's going to be like given to him, but he'll get a, he'll get an opportunity at some point if he's healthy again. And um, if he, I mean, he's five for nine. Obviously, that's not many threes, but if if he keeps knocking down the open ones, we all know what he can do on defense. He'll play.
1: Yeah, absolutely, because if these other guys ain't hitting the open shot, you got to go to somebody that can. you got to find somebody that's going to get the defense out from what the heck they're doing right now. It's Mm -hmm. clearly killing us, and in this next game against Cleveland, they're going to do the same thing. With their forty four forwards they have on the team, by the way. The Nets uh, didn't the Nets
0: didn't play zone, but a lot of teams have been throwing zone at them. The Nets yes. and the Nets, the it was almost like uh like so, ha- half the time when they're playing, it was almost like a de facto zone because they're sagging off so many guys. Um, you know, it's like the lane is so clocked. Right. But you're right, somebody's just gonna have to hit a shot eventually.
1: It, it's crazy that in the NBA, in an NBA game, I'm literally watching a defense not close out to a shoot like what it's the nba you never see that and and i'm watching this the last few games and it's like oh my god payton they're giving you room to shoot you gotta hit it or at least get to the damn rim and do something like if you i mean give me that floater and that's just been not there all the time obviously it's somebody's gotta do they gotta spend more time after games i mean they've done it payton's done it before where he spent some time after the game getting some shots up it benefited him the next couple of games. Barrett the he same quickly thing. Quickly did that
0: last night.
1: Quickly did it again last night. But my God, until it becomes consistent, get your ass out there every single. I don't I, every game you continue to shoot. Show up early before the game. He might be. He might be. I don't know. I'm not saying that he's not. So please don't don't take this as me saying he's lazy. He's not working on it. He probably is. But I'm just saying, do it more. Do it mm-hmm. more than what you're doing because. We're going to be in this funk offensively until somebody who's struggling to shoot the basketball right now could get it, and that's it. Until we break out of this, we can be in this – we can win these games. They're giving us open looks. We just got to hit it. We And if we can't, we're not going to win, obviously. That's Which is what they did.
0: They, they hit their open looks in the uh, yep. the games that they won, you know? Exactly. It's, 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 it's easy to make
1: or a make or miss league. That's it. And that's the bottom line. That's all the problem. We lack depth. We're missing guys right now. Mm-hmm. We're not hitting open shots. That's it. Everything else, you know, for the most part, you know, they're, you know, going into this Brooklyn game last night, I am hoping the way they played in the fourth quarter, that kind of momentum will carry into the Cleveland game. If they play like mm-hmm. that, if they play as hard as they did those last eight, mm-hmm. nine minutes, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. I can live with that. It's, it's, the. You know, like I said, we played Denver, we got smacked on you know against them. Again, we we're missing some guys, and Denver's just a world better than us. I could live with that. You know, it's 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 just a simple thing. It was, we got to hit the shots or we're going to lose here. And as we kind of we get into that and we're kind of transition to other things here because it's 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 something everybody I know is talking about and kind of yeah. transitioning. We, we gotta
0: forward. get we gotta give a few quick thoughts on we uh, got to get into James news. Harden,
1: yeah. Um, and it's funny because I'm thinking about it and I'm like, you know, it's something that I'll be talking on my show again this week. Uh, I'm already kind of just like, God, I'm so tired of hearing about Brooklyn, but it's it, it's the biggest headline news so far this season. Um, and the trade of James Harden joining Kyrie whenever he decides to come back um, and, and Kevin Durant and I have a big three. Uh, and how is it going to look? And and Danny, you cover both these teams. I mean, I used to cover the Nets, haven't in a couple of years. Um, you know, off, off what I think this is going to look like, I have no idea. I have my doubts of what it's going to look like. I feel this could be like very Miami Heat-like, which obviously resulted in two championships, mm-hmm. but also beatable because they may not have the depth to, you know, a, a deeper team can give them fits. You know, that's also things. And then just the, the aspect of guys that are all ball dominant. How mm. is it going to work? I have no idea. I'm not going to pretend to know, Danny. I think you have a better idea than I do. Um, what What do you think about this trade? Is it going to work? How is it going to look? All these questions that everybody's debating about right now. What are, what are your thoughts on this trade and, and the future of the Nets? All right, so which I hope predict- they lose every game. By the way, go next. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's fair.
0: I would say um, take what I say with a grain of salt, just because I predicted this would be a boring year for Kyrie, which it has not, and I predicted that they would not trade for James Harden, which they did. So, um, just right off the bat, my uh, my nets predictions aren't going too well so far. But what I would say about now with Harden is that in the NBA, it's a star-driven league. We all know that there are obvious questions about. Brooklyn giving up some depth and maybe not having the guys on the second unit um, that can really carry that second unit and really provide deep depth. depth. Those are fair questions. Um, The pick swaps and the picks and the, the huge amount of draft capital they gave it away. That's a fair question down the line. But I think in the short term, you get Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie whenever he comes back. But let's just put Kyrie aside for the time being. You have Kevin Durant and James Harden. You have two of the three best players in the Eastern Conference, possibly the two best in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, Giannis a two-time reigning MVP. I think it would be unfair to put both of those guys ahead of Giannis. But I think there's almost no question in my mind, respect to Joel, Joel Embiid, Nets have two of the top three best players in the Eastern Conference. They have two of the possibly top five best players in the league. So right off the bat, I don't see how some of these Eastern conference teams are going to beat them in a seven game series. I just don't, I don't see it. Um, The bucks. I don't think they have the firepower to keep up with the nets in a seven game series. We saw what the, the heat did to them last year. I think the one team that I could see knocking off the nets would be the Celtics actually, which I think most people who listen to our preview show on Hoops addicts anonymous. No, I'm not necessarily, I wasn't necessarily crazy high on the Celtics coming into the year but I think when you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown kind of emerging as these these next level superstars, I think if they catch them at the right time, you know they kind of outplay the Nets in a couple of key spots. I wouldn't be completely shocked if they beat the uh, they if the Celtics end up beating the Nets and going to the finals. But I don't think there's anything low if if everyone's healthy, mainly Kading and Harden, and then you add Kyrie into the mix. Those three guys are healthy. I don't think there's any way the Nets fall short of the Eastern Conference finals. They're just too good. They're too talented up front. Um, And I think they're going to give the Lakers a really serious run for their money in the finals, because there's obvious questions. You mentioned it three ball dominant guys, three really high usage guys, but Kyrie is great off the ball. Kevin Durant can play off the ball. Also, James Harden has never wanted to do it, but he's motivated to win. I mean, the reason why he threw such a fit, and kind of went out and, you know, I, I'll call it, you know, kind of. Uh, not the best way you want to go out from your team the way he did it. It wasn't exactly the most professional thing, but I think he wants to win. So if you have these three guys who are three fantastic shooters, fantastic scorers, three guys who are actually capable of playing some defense when they're motivated. I just I don't see how Brooklyn falls any short of the Eastern Conference finals with their ceiling being a championship or two in the next two or three years.
1: And you know it's one of those things where I look at it, and my God, on paper, you just go like, this is like an All Star game, like with these guys that going out here, and there's going to be some games, especially if all three comes in. I know Kyrie. We don't know when he's going to come back or anything like that. He'll be back. Everybody that's going on that he's going to retire. He's not retiring. Okay, he clearly has whatever he is going on. I think right it's now. I think it's
0: fair to mention it because he's talked about it before. So I think it's fair to at least acknowledge that the possibility is out there, but I agree with you. I, I mean, he, I don't think he's going to retire. I would not bet money on that.
1: You know what? He might retire early, right? Like he might walk away. Yeah, and focus. But I don't on think this year what he wants is to he, do, that's yeah. fine. That's great. But I don't think it's happening this year. That's what yeah, everybody keeps saying. And he's already, you know, Mike Breen, at least reported that he said, you know, he has made some comments recently, I guess from yesterday, saying that he plans to be back at some mm-hmm. point. Um, so. It's not going to happen this year. We'll see all three of them out there now. Is there drama between the three? That can change that. When he's out there, who knows? There's there's so much questions with this team right now. On paper it looks fun. Looks like they're going to smash a whole lot of people, but you know what? I've seen this before. It really does remind me a little bit of the Miami Heat and their big 3. Yeah, I think and that's the best I click. I think that's the best year.
0: comparison because all three of them coming in LeBron, Wade, obviously ball dominant mm-hmm. guys um, who, you know, there were questions about, well, neither one of them is like a great shooter. And then you throw in Bosch who, I mean, he was a forward big man at the time, but he as much as a forward big man in that era could dominate the ball. Right. He did, But you see, you know, you see, you saw Bosch kind of transition into more of a, one of those early stretch bigs that, yep. you know, could, could knock down a shot. Yep. I, it's not quite what it is today. And I think if you put that team today, I think you'd see Bosch taking a lot more threes than he did. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, that's a good comparison for it. Uh, The only difference is Durant is a lights out three point shooter. Kyrie is a lights out three point shooter and James Harden doesn't have the percentages because he he took so many contested tough step backs in Houston, but he's another lights out three point shooter.
1: And it's to me, it's like, you know, I compare it to the heat and all that and, you know, that first year right off the bat, the Heat go to the finals, right? And then in the finals, it was like, oh, God, who's going to be the Batman? Who's mm-hmm. going to be the – Rock? that's really what it was. I'm the biggest LeBron fan on the planet, right? I, like one of them. I'll tell you this. He sucked in that finals. I ain't telling mm-hmm. anybody what they don't know, and I'm not going to be one of those fans that tries to make up an excuse. He sucked because mm-hmm. it didn't click, and they had a full season. Brooklyn's not having a full season with these guys. Are their egos eventually going to be able to do it in the next few months of going okay I got to sacrifice a little bit here or is it going to be I got to get mine I got to get mine because if you ask me I, the, the leader of the team whose team is it that always becomes a question Who I think going it, to be the I guy? think it's Durant it, it's got to be Durant I think it's I mean, Durant's you're, you're cra- like if 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 Durant is even, isn't even that when guy, Kyrie know what's going on
0: when Kyrie was around it was kind of like you know Durant was 1A and then Kyrie was like his second in command mm-hmm. almost I think Harden is a better player than Kyrie, but they were in OKC together, where right. KD was the guy, Harden was like you know the third the third guy. I think right. now Harden is like I don't even, I w- I wouldn't even want to call him Robin because like I don't think he's like a sidekick necessarily. Right. But I think this you know he's joining KD. This is KD's team. KD and is that, kind of the guy who who put this together.
1: And um, that makes all due respect little...
0: to Kyrie for you know his role, but you know what I'm saying.
1: That makes me worried about Kyrie. Because why did he want to leave Cleveland? He wanted to be the guy. It's true. He wanted to be it's the true. man. He wanted to be the head honcho. He wanted out. He didn't want to play with LeBron. Went to Boston, wanted to be the guy. He wasn't. But wasn't I also think
0: if there's, an exp- if there's an expendable guy of this big three, it's Kyrie. You know, yeah. If 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 it's not working, egos clash, you know, whatever, I think Sean Marks is going to be a lot more exactly. willing to – to ship out Kyrie than, then try and look for a deal for Harden or Durant. Um, Kyrie's
1: and, the one that, that worries me in this, this mix.
0: But that's, that's where I'm not so worried because I think I, I'm one of the biggest Kyrie fans out there. He's one of my favorite players of all time to watch. He's just, I think he's incredible. Um, he's obviously beat marches to the beat of his own drum and all that. But I, I really, really, really love watching Kyrie play. He's a local guy. I remember he was a year older than me in high school. So I followed him when he was playing in high school. Like, I, I love Kyrie. I think he's a great, great player. But if there's one guy who, like, say Kyrie retires tomorrow, I still will pick the Nets to go to the NBA Finals because – Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and You know, Harden. It's like those, those two, and I know they're a little bit older than Kyrie, but those two to me, like, you got that. Everything else is gravy.
1: Yeah, and, and that's, you know, Kyrie does is out of the picture right there. First off, I'm just going to say, Kevin Durant, when it's all said and done, as long as he avoids another serious injury, is going to be the greatest scorer this game has ever seen. And LeBron might take the throne from Kareem and pass him for points and all that, and, and Kevin Durant is the greatest scorer this game has ever seen. He's seven feet tall, that plays like a guard, and there's no stopping him. If he misses, you didn't do anything. He missed uh uh, uh, this is hands down the thing he does you can't there's no way to defend him there isn't it's not fair like you said he's playing at 75 percent coasting effort just made it it easy it's it's not it's it's ridiculous that man is not human and it's it's just it's it's ridiculous and i'll tell you what you know i would sign up right now to see a brooklyn and laker finals it would be a lot of fun. And I think it's yeah. heading that way, even though I did pick the Clippers and I'm still not sleeping on the Clippers. Cause if Paul George is going to shoot the ball the way he's been shooting this year, it's, it's, I think it's enough to beat the Lakers. I do. I, I, that's why I picked them. I think Paul George is obviously the X factor of that team. I but- think,
0: yeah, I, I think, you know, we don't have to dive too deep into the Western conference mm-hmm. on this one, but I think there's a better, right. I think the Lakers are probably my number one in the power rankings Nets are two in terms of like who I, you know, championship aspirations or whatever. But I would say there's more teams in the West that can knock off the Lakers than vice versa with the Nets. I think there's there's potential out there. You asked me, end of the day, gun to my head, I'm taking Lakers to make the finals. But just throwing it out there, there are some good teams out there in the West.
1: Yeah, this is, bottom line, this is going to be a topic you're going to hear about for a while. Uh, the yeah. trade, how it's going to work. You just, it's going to be nonstop, Brooklyn, 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 Brooklyn. And, and we you know, apologize to
0: fans for for yeah. devoting too much time to this. This uh, is the
1: one and only time I can't. It, it is we big got, It
0: was, it was inevitable. We had it, to. Yes, had you to have
1: to, to touch on it. Everybody's touching on it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Everybody it, is touching this on it. Transcends,
0: right? You know, local teams and all that. This is, you know, this is this is a big deal.
1: As I mentioned before, before we went into it. My real feelings towards it is screw Brooklyn. Hope they lose
0: and <laughs> I'll enjoy fair. if
1: they do lose. I ain't, that's I'm fair. not rooting for them. I absolutely refuse. And I love Kevin ramp. My college team is Texas. Like I, I watched them at Texas. I love Kevin. Durant. Can't root for him. Can't, can't do it now. I, I hope they lose. know, yeah. But I, I, for both. I root for
0: both New York teams. Cause it's more fun to cover good teams. So <laughs> that's, yeah. where I, that's where I stand on the matter.
1: Yeah, and they're fun to watch, and it's going to be fun to see how it all works. But my God, and it's this was not like one of those things that I hated Brooklyn up until recently when they got the signings and everybody started with the whole like they're our big brother. nope, nope, they're not. I refuse. I don't care. They could win five straight championships. I don't care.
0: They could. The Knicks are still the Knicks. It is exactly. the bumbling Knicks. Nets fans. Nets fans who are always thinking about the Knicks should just enjoy themselves. You know, it's enjoy the team you got, enjoy the, enjoy the games. Don't think about this like a uh, stupid power struggle of exactly who's big brother in the city that doesn't apply to basketball. It just doesn't. Yeah. I think uh, baseball and football giants and Yankees are both technically always big brother, but those little brothers, uh, they have their moments in the sun. Yeah. Um, I think even if the nets are really, really good, they just, you know, the Knicks are still always going to be the Knicks. That's the way it is.
1: Yep. I agree. And that, that's a perfect way to kind of wrap this one up. Yeah. Uh, And we'll be back next week for another episode of the Nick state of mind podcast. Hopefully we're talking about some wins. Hopefully these guys start shooting the ball. I'm don't panic yet folks. Yeah. Okay. It, next it, week.
0: It, maybe, may, maybe, it, maybe, somebody will hit the panic button. If
1: this gets to like eight games in a row and we're talking it, then yeah, it will be a different we'll, story, but right now we're okay.
0: We'll get chip fired up or something. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll spice it up. <laughs>
1: We'll see. All right. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.